What is going on, everybody? It is the Gate 4 Podcast. We are back. Luke Owens, Corey Austin, and I was looking at our Twitter, Corey. It's been a while. It has been a while, almost a year since we've uh, gotten back into this thing. But we're fired up. We're going to get some content going out this year. I'm going to stick by it, but um, I'm just happy to be here again. I'm I'm stoked. It's been a lot. You know, we both had a lot of things going on. I mean, you got sidetracked with something kind of boring like a marriage. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> things happen, but... <laughs> No, you're not wrong. There's been, Excited to be back. Nothing better than talking Yankees baseball. Yeah, there's been a lot going on, and obviously in the world with the Yankees, everything like that. But I mean, it's been a big week for the Yankees. I think that's kind of what inspired me to be like, all right, we got to record again because sometimes Absolutely. during the, the beginning of spring, you know, you want to talk roster stuff, but it's not that fun to debate who should be, you know, the the fourth outfielder or you know who's going. Oh yeah, we don't need to talk about the the third string catcher again. That's never going to be relevant, but. Uh, speaking of catchers, the Yankees did make a big move. They moved Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela over to Minnesota. In return, they get Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, also known as IKF, if you want to shorten <laughs> that up. Uh, they also got uh, Ben Rortvelt, a catcher. And then, of course, kind of the big headline of the package is Josh Donaldson. So, Corey, I, just want, I want your initial thoughts because we'll break into this pretty, you know, pretty heavily. But when you first saw the trade, what were you thinking? When I first saw it, I'm going to be honest, I was extremely confused. Like, it was just a weird move, you know? The Yankees, like, have always been, like, the team that spends the money on the free agents and everything and stuff. And this is a money-spending move. Josh Donaldson isn't cheap. But it was just weird to me to see where the money was going. You know, $24 million a year for the next two years, which isn't a big commitment in terms of Yankees' pockets. But $24 million a year can go to a really, really good player. And I'm not saying Josh Donaldson's bad. But he's 36. He's dealt with back issues. He's had some, you know, injury stuff in the last few years. In 2021, he was good, not great. Especially defensively, he was pretty terrible. But, you know, it's just one of those moves where it's like, it's one of those Brian Cashman moves where it's like, I don't know where this came from and I'm a little nervous, but I'm going to see where, I'm going to see where it goes. It, it could be interesting. Yeah. I think my initial take from this was when I look at the Yankees now, are they better than they were before? I would say yes, but are they, this is going to sound weird, but are they closer to winning a World Series? And I'm not sure if they are. Because when you look at this deal, I like what Donaldson gives you in terms of a bat. Because I think I think Urshela kind of peaked a few years ago. You know, I think yep. that the Gio Urshela that hit over 300 and, you know, 20-plus home runs, I don't think that was what we're going to see every year. And his defense, his defensive metrics were always weird. And my thing with Gio was he made the hard plays look easy and he made the easy plays look hard. So yep. I, you're significantly improving your defense at short. And I think that's a big thing that the Yankees have been yep. missing by getting IKF, his profile is super weird to me because I like him defensively. I love him defensively. When the oh, Twins yeah. originally traded for him, I said, oh, "Man, I wish the Yankees got him because he's a good stopgap. He's got two more years of control, so mm. you can kind of you can still bring in Volpe uh, or whoever you want in a couple of years. But to have that stopgap, I think is is great. But I looked at him like, oh, maybe this is a guy that Cashman sees some potential with. You know, he's flipped bats before, but when I look at him, it's like he doesn't hit the ball really hard." So I don't know, like he doesn't strike out, which is nice. He can steal some bases. Um, the batting average is, is, is where the Yankees fans would want it to be, I guess. You know, he's not a guy that's going to hit 220. But when I look at him, I don't see this typical profile that Cashman is going to turn into a great bat. But I think given the defense you're getting at short, that's where I think I really like that, that move. Yeah, he – IKF plays like – literally seven positions i believe the only position he yes. hasn't played in his career is center field obviously not including pitcher but he even catches like he literally he's dj lemayhu to a whole new level and he's just good at it 
He can't catch very well, but you know what? To have a third catcher on your roster in an emergency that oh, can yeah. play literally every other position in great fashion, that's so vital to a franchise that it's not like that's beautiful to see. I mean, if we're looking at his stats so far, he hasn't played second base since 2018, hasn't played third base since 2020, but he was worth 10 DRS in 2021 at short. That's going to translate to any other position on the diamond, especially for somebody as athletic as him. So I, this was really the big piece of the move for me. I think this is what the Yankees were really going after. I think Josh Donaldson was kind of just, they took him on. They were like, you know what, good bat. I mean, and Donaldson was great at the play last year, especially in Minnesota, having to play 82 games in Minnesota. Um, but I think IKF was really what they were going after. And I think also think they were kind of just trying to find a way to dumb Gary. I think they were ready to move on and were trying to find a way to do that without just letting him walk for free. I think an interesting aspect of this is the Yankees taking the rest of Donaldson's contract. Like mm-hmm. Eating that 50 mil is something that, like you said, like that 22 mil or whatever he's going to make this year probably could have been spent elsewhere because I'm not completely sold on the rotation right now. I, I wouldn't yep. mind getting another arm. Uh, you know, bullpen pieces are always important no matter what, especially the way the Yankees bullpen was used last year, you know, things like that. But if Donaldson can mm-hmm. give you 25 to 30 home runs, he's going to drive in some runs. Uh, he Strikes out a little bit below uh, league average, so I think that helps a little bit because I think strikeouts and and putting the uh, strikeouts to me are, are overrated. But when you look at the way the Yankees' offense worked last year, it was like a lot of solo home runs, and that to me that is something that you can kind of point at and say, okay, you could use some more runners on base. So yep. you know, maybe he can help out a little bit there. But I am a little bit surprised that they ate the entire contract. Yeah, that was the biggest thing to me because fifty million dollars for to a player for his age thirty six and thirty seven season who has had back problems and stuff in very recently, as recently as 2020. Now, I try to put 2020 out of mind in terms of everything for um, player evaluation because barely any spring training, only 60 games to get into the swing of things. Injuries happen, bad play happen, bad players were all of a sudden good. I try to put all that out of mind. But it is a little concerning that as recently as a year, basically a year ago, he was having back problems. Back problems for a pitcher or, or for a baseball player are never a good thing. So it is an interesting move, very interesting move, but I think it could be positive. I think the one thing I will say about, and it's, I don't want to say it cause he's making too much money for this, but say he does get injured and he misses, you know, 20 games you have, you can slide in DJ at third and then mm-hmm. Glaber ends up playing second. It's not the end of the world. Again, that's not what you mm-hmm. want out of a guy you're playing, paying $22 million, but he, do- it, they kind of do have that option. And I think on the other side of things, just talking about who the Yankees got rid of, I mean, Urshela is a guy that has become a real fan favorite and a, fan, a favorite of mine too. Like that, that yeah. certainly plays a part of it where it's like, man, I really love Gio. He really loved being here. He kind of turned his career around here. Um, you know, he helped a lot in the community, things like that. So I think I'm definitely going to miss Gio. And then Gary Sanchez is a real, a real head scratcher because <laughs> as people know, I was on the Gary Sanchez redemption oh, tour yeah. for this year. It's being put on hold or maybe it'll happen in Minnesota. Who knows? But he was a, a really curious case that I think, People got tired of, and I think that's mm-hmm. valid. But one thing I've noticed, Corey, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Yankees Twitter is, is an absolute cesspool, and we talk about it a lot. Awful. But people are now acting like Gary Sanchez was Johnny Bench. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my goodness, they, they got rid yep. of Gary. It's like, this is what you people were clamoring for for three yep. years now. People literally and now that he's gone, cut. you want to pretend. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's not. Look, I, I you, as you saw what happened with me, I made the mistake of commenting on one person's response on Twitter. <laughs> And 45 seconds later, I had literally eight people telling me I should kill myself because of how stupid I was. Yeah. And that, 
That is that was a, Twitter. <laughs> that, that is Yankees Twitter. Look, all I was trying to say on Twitter, and I'm going to reiterate now and for the people listening who don't follow me on Twitter. Actually, well, this was your right. burner. Yeah, I was was say, burner. people don't yeah. even know. So which, I will, which I will not be giving out the name of my burner because I'm no. having a burner. But on the burner account, all I was trying to say is that, look, this move does make the Yankees better. It's pretty much a marginal improvement, but an improvement's an improvement. And if you look at a lot of the World Series teams in the last 10 years— Obviously, you know, you had the Dodgers, you had, like, all these big teams, the Astros, the Nationals, a lot of the stuff. If you go back to those, a lot of their big moments, it wasn't, obviously, you know, you have the Jose Altuve's, um, the Xander Bogarts, the Mookie Betts, the stuff for all these different teams. But a lot of their big moments were by the, you know, last 10 guys on the roster. You know, the guy coming in clutch who hits eighth on the lineup, or the reliever who has to pitch because he is the only guy who's fresh, comes in and gets three straight strikeouts. Those are the things that put together a championship team. And having Isaiah Connor falefer uh, wow, I totally just botched that. I like that, though. You put a little hard R on it. Well, actually, we shouldn't <laughs> like that, but it was it was funny. <laughs> um, I, it's a tough can, name to say. There's it's a lot a, of vowels. It's a tough name to say, and I'm honestly just going to stick with IKF for the rest of his career as a Yankee because it's just so much easier. But switching uh, Gio Rochella slash Glaber Torres slash whoever the Yankees had playing shortstop last year, Switching that with IKF just for defense, that alone is going to add a win or two to the Yankees' totals at the end of the year, plus adding the Josh Donaldson bat to, you know, hit behind Gallo, Judge, Stanton, all these guys. That's going to help. It, it makes the Yankees better. They can't be done now. Obviously, we're going to talk about their other signing here in a minute. But they can't be done. They still have moves to make. But overall, I do firmly believe that this roster is uh, it's a better overall roster with this move than it was before the move. And people are for forgetting. Gio Rochella is now 30. This is his age 30 season. I agree with you. I do think he peaked. Um, Gary Sanchez, I just was so tired of watching him behind the plate. He was whatever. He was whatever with the bat, but I was just so tired of him behind the plate. They can keep Josh Donaldson healthy by DHing him half the time because, as Boone said, I think, yesterday or the day before, um... Stanton's going to play the outfield a decent amount. Now, how much is a decent amount? That's yet to be seen. Could be 20, could be 30, could be 80, could be 100 games. Who knows? Donaldson will be able to DH, help him rest his shoulder to keep him, you know, playing well at third base, hopefully help him rest his back. It'll open up playing time for other guys. The Yankees can make this work, and I do think it will end up being a net positive. There's an outcome where next season, uh, Gary Sanchez and Gio Rochella are negative win players for the Twins, and there's an outcome where they're positive win players for the Twins. It's gonna, it's one of those moves where we have to see what happens before we determine it. Yeah, and I think IKF's defense almost oh, yeah. guarantees that he's going to be a, a positive win guy for the Yankees. I think Absolutely. that's really big to have. And the other part of this piece that you know, we don't need to spend a lot of time on, but is, is the catcher Ben Rorvet. And I was looking at well, Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman both said that he's going to compete for the job with Higashio, but to me, it mm-hmm. sounds like they're going to kind of platoon it. Um, they're very similar, Higgy yep. and Rortvet. When you look at their projections and things like that, like Rortvet right now is projected for 10 home runs, hit 226, uh, 1.5 war, 83 WRC+. Mm-hmm. So he's good defensively. He's not going to give you a lot offensively. He's a yep. lefty bat, um, very similar to Higashioka in terms of steamer proje- projections. So I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay with the Yankees having one spot in their lineup that's kind of going to be a black hole offensively when you can get really, really solid catching defensively. Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm totally okay with sacrificing that because, like you said, 
whatever you want to say about Gary, I was more high on his bat than his fielding. The fielding oh, I didn't yeah. think was ever going to be there. It was more that I thought <laughs> there was still some bat left there, but certainly his defense was a problem. And now you have, you know, your opening day catcher can also catch the first game of the playoffs, which the Yankees didn't like. That was a problem they should never have had, which is, you know, yep. Garrett Cole not being able to, to, to pitch to Gary Sanchez. That was a big problem. And they eliminated Huge. that. So I'm, I'm okay with there being kind of uh, an automatic out seemingly in the ninth spot in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. There's two positions on the fields that I firmly believe that offense can and if pop like should and if pop maybe obviously you can't because you have a guy like Carlos Correa or something, but shortstop and catcher, those two positions, offense is not as important as their defense because of how much they do. We literally can't quantify with a number how important a good defensive catcher is because it shows up in things that don't show up in a box score. And obviously baseball is in an era right now where everybody wants a number behind everything, you literally can't quantify how good it is to have a catcher who knows your entire pitching staff, who knows how to truly catch and call a game. That just shows up in different ways that you can't quantify solely by looking at that. So I think Yankee fans are truly going to see how much value a guy like Ben Rortford adds to the franchise just by helping the pitching staff. Because like you said, it was ridiculous that the Yankees gave a pitcher $330 million and then he literally can't pitch to one of our catchers because of how bad that catcher is. That's like truly mind-boggling. So this Ben Rorford is going to be a true unsung hero of this trade because him his defense alone is going to add so much to this franchise that will not be seen by looking at his WRC plus or his batting no. <laughs> average or these things. Like He's going to add so much to this franchise that is truly going to be a wonder. And honestly, when I think about the catcher position in baseball, like how many guys are really going to make a, a huge difference on both sides? It's not exactly. A it's Salvador Perez. It's JT Real, Real Muto. Yeah, that's pretty exactly. much it. I'm sure I'm forgetting one name, but that that, that 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 that's the two guys. No, I mean you even look at like the Mets made a big signing for James McCann. He was terrible offensively. Like it's yeah. hard to find good offensive catchers. So if you can Absolutely. find great two. You know, I would say definitely borderline great. I mean, Roybal hasn't had a ton of time in the MLB, but even his minor league metrics make him seem like he's going to be a, a really solid guy behind the plate. Mm-hmm. We we already know what Higgy is like. That that's definitely a big advantage. So, absolutely, I'd say we both see this as a a, a marginal increase in terms of having a better roster, but yep. certainly doesn't lock up the Yankees to be a World Series mm-hmm. contender. And the next move the Yankees made was actually today. We're recording this on Wednesday, which was well, I guess it was late late last night, but Anthony Rizzo. Uh, re-signed with the Yankees, two years, $32 million. Uh, basically takes the Yankees out of the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes. It seemed like they kind of already were, but, I, I mean, I, look, I like Anthony Rizzo. I think he he brings a lot to the clubhouse, too, which is mm. kind of something that went along with the Donaldson trade, where Cashman said, you know, we need a fiery guy. Like, we don't really have that. And that's something you can't quantify, but bringing Donaldson mm. in, you get that. Rizzo's a guy that everyone seems to like. He loves being in New York. Um, he's not Freddie Freeman and I don't know if the Yankees needed a Freddie Freeman, but, uh, Anthony Rizzo is where they end up at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a good baseball move. I I think the issue that a lot of Yankee fans are having right now, I don't think anybody's mad about it being Rizzo. I think they're just mad that it's not Freeman. Yes. I think that's the issue because Rizzo's a great ball player, above average bat phenomenal defender, absolutely beautiful defender at first base. And that's another thing that the Yankees haven't had since Mark Teixeira that is really going to help the infield. I mean, I think it was, I think it was Rugnet Odor who said the story that he was making his debut at third base and he wasn't sure what to do. And Rizzo just went up to him and said like, Hey, 
just get the ball in my general direction and I'll catch it. That's a huge thing to have for your entire infield in terms of, you know, uh, confidence and other things like that. That's going to be huge. Like, that alone is going to help Josh Donaldson stay healthy at third because if he doesn't have to make the perfect throw every time and he can just get it towards first, that's going to help his arm. That's going to help him. It's going to help his confidence playing in Yankee Stadium. It Riz, Rizzo's a good ball player, and I'm very happy with the move. I would have liked to see Freddie Freeman because, obviously, it's a splashy move. He's an MVP, World Series champion. But Rizzo's a good signing, and it's a low-risk signing. It's two years. It's low AAV. It does not hurt the Yankees at all. It really can only help. And as great as that move is, I'm kind of upset to see that's the area they're going to in terms of franchise philosophy. Yeah, I think if I, – I like Rizzo a lot because, I mean, you're basically getting a guaranteed 20 to 25 home runs. Maybe more. We'll see because we haven't seen him play in the AK Stadium for a full year yet. Um, yep. But you're getting, like you said, a great defensive first baseman. And – a guy that doesn't miss games, like he re- he doesn't get hurt very often. Uh, he he's gonna play, you know, as close to 162 as the Yankees let him. And I think that's another thing they've been looking for because Voit's battled injuries to share it on the stretch of his career battled injuries. Mm. So knowing that you have a guy you can pencil in at first base every day you need him, I think is huge. But my bigger question is, what does this do to the roster as a whole? Because I've seen a lot of people talking about the opening day lineup. You know, what's it gonna look like and a lot of people saying, you know, it's going to be Glaber at second, DJ as a super utility, and I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm opening with DJ at second. I'm, I'm putting Glaber on the bench, and I don't know if that's a crazy thing to say, but I don't know. Are you really paying DJ that much money to to not be, you know, as close to an everyday player as possible? And obviously, you know, you have the DH spot to to mess around with. Don't know how much Dan's going to play the field, but you have to expect Donaldson's going to DH a little bit. Luke Voigt, if he's on the roster, so I think the biggest mm. roster question right now is. What is Glaber Torres? What is DJ Mayhew? And is is D, is Glaber going to be on the move? Is Voigt going to be on the move? Like that to me is a really interesting mm. thing right now that the Yankees are going to have to decide. Yeah, I think Voigt's gone. I think that's kind of been written in the stars for a year now. I don't know if you remember. What this. do you think? Do you think it's going to be like an NL team looking for a DH? Like I've seen the Padres kind of maybe in the mix there, and maybe St. Louis goes back to St. Louis, like. Do you think that's I, kind of going to be his his next yeah, step? Yeah, it, it just makes the most sense because all the AL teams, every AL team essentially has had a DH in their mind. Like they like very rarely you hear about a team that needs to go out and find a DH if you're in the American League because you've had it for so long. Your roster knows that there's one there. The NL teams that are struggling to find a DH right now, they're looking for guys like Luke Voigt who have a good bat who really can't play the field and have done it before. Obviously, Luke Voigt's played a lot of first base, but he's done plenty of DHing too. I think for a team like the Cardinals or the Padres or something who need that guy who's done it before and need somebody to fill in for something that they've never had before, he's the perfect fit. And he's not going to cost a lot. I can't imagine Brian Cashman's out here going, yeah, we'll give you Luke Voigt for, for your top four prospects. Luke Voigt's going to probably get some relief pitcher relief pitcher prospect who's got high, who's highly rated and some random lottery ticket. And that's what a lot of teams are going to be willing to pay for Luke Voigt. Yeah, I think no, I, he's on, um, as we were saying before, I think Labor Torres is also going to be moved. I think that's going to be a surprise move that Cashman pulls out. Yeah, Voigt was talking this morning. He said, I know they want to be left-handed, so I get it. I know we've been pretty ready-dominant. That's what Cashman's job is. This is a business. I get it. He brought me over here for a reason, and obviously I guess that reason isn't what it used to be. So yeah, mm. I think he's a little salty. and I'm uh, Totally valid. I mean, you think about his 2020, which you know was a shortened season, but he did lead, lead the league in home mm. runs. He had a great year, but – 
I think the injuries are always going to be an issue. His foot situation, I think, is never going to be mm-hmm. complete. I think, like you said, he's a DH. He's not a great defensive race. I like Luke Voigt a lot. I think what the Yankees, you know, did with him. Obviously, Gallegos is, is pretty solid himself. But, you know, Voigt, Voigt served his purpose. But I think at yep. this point, that purpose might be gone. Because if you ever want to give Rizzo the day off, you have DJ that can play first. Mm-hmm. You know, you can mess around a little bit there. So, uh, I agree. I think he's probably out the door. Um because he's a DH, like you said, and the Yankees have a million DHs already. He just doesn't really have a great purpose, I think, on this roster at this point. I completely agree. It's just it's one of those areas where, like you said, Luke Voigt's done his job. He's been a great player since the Yankees traded for him. I don't know if you remember this, but I actually wanted the Yankees to trade him after 2020. I didn't want him on the roster for 2021, not because he's not good, but because I knew that 2020 was probably the peak of his performance. Yeah, no, you were you were ringing that bell, and I think a lot. I mean, myself included, I was a little skeptical of that take, but I mean, looking back on it, I think you were you were completely right, and that pains me to say that, but I, I would have to agree at this point. Mm. It's <laughs> just one of those things where, unfortunately, it's just not the right time anymore. And obviously, we love Luke Voigt. I mean, his 2018 after getting traded to the Yankees or 2019, I remember what year it was. Phenomenal. One of the most fun players I've ever seen come to the Yankees for a short stretch of time. Dude just came in, absolutely raked, screamed his head off, and went home. It was beautiful to watch. But the Yankees are at a different point in their franchise now. They have to extend Judge. Stanton's getting older. All their players are starting to get older. They've been knocked out of the playoffs five years in a row early. Um, They're moving on. They need to figure their stuff out, and they need to find something that works. And it just seems like Boyd's the guy left out of that. And that's baseball. It sucks, but that's baseball. That is that is baseball, Susan. And you talk about being, you know, where the Yankees are now and where they are in the future. You know, Aaron Judge, obviously a big, you know, centerpiece of that. And he's been talking recently, saying, you know, I want an extension before the year starts. And I think mm-hmm. it's 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 a touchy, it's an interesting subject because I think there's the one side of fans that are like, he's he's injury prone. You know, how are you going to extend a guy? He's going to be, you know, 38 by the time the contract's on. You're going to be paying him, you know, a, mm-hmm. a huge amount of money. And then there's the other camp that's like. No, we need to sign him now. We can't have this mm-hmm. cloud hanging over our heads because once he hits free agency, it's it's free agency. You know, every team has a chance. Right now, any the Yankees are the only team yep. that can extend Judge. I'm I'm very heavy in the extend Judge camp. I think a lot Absolutely. of his injuries were a little bit fluky. Um, you know, are things going to happen to him as he gets older? For sure, he's the bigger guy. We're not sure exactly how this plays out as he gets into his late thirties, but. To get rid of Aaron Judge is is not only taking away you know one of the best players in baseball, but you're also taking away a guy that should probably be the captain of this franchise, a guy that mm-hmm. is, is so important to this organization, to the city. Um, and really, I think the biggest impact guy on the Yankees since Derek Jeter. Now, mm-hmm. he's the guy that you want to to hoist uh, that piece of metal that, that Rob Manfred calls it. He's the, the guy that should be the first one to touch it. Absolutely. And if the Yankees let him walk, I don't know if I could ever forgive them. I was going to say those exact words. If the Yankees let Aaron Judge walk because of money, I would actually never be able to give this franchise, forgive this franchise, because it would be like, obviously, look, Jeter won four rings when he was like, by the time he was like 28 years old. Yeah. <laughs> those things will like, that's not, that's never happening again. There's going to be, no, maybe, in, maybe one day we'll see a player do something like that. Baseball is just too random and too big and too much variation of the sport to have a dynasty like that again. I mean, the 2016 Cubs, the 2017 Astros, we all thought they were going to win 10 World Series. They yeah. won one, and ha- and the Astros went back, but haven't been able to win another one since. That's never going to happen again, and fans need to stop looking at the captain of the Yankees as this player 
as like it needs to be a player who's won a million rings, who's clearly already a Hall of Famer by the time he's 27. We're not going to get that stuff anymore. Judge deserves to be the captain of the Yankees. He deserves a seven, eight-year deal. Judge is going to age gracefully. Will he still be putting up, you know, a 170 weighted runs created plus when he's 38? Probably not. But he will be putting up 120, 130 because he has a great eye. He, I, If anybody listening to this goes, yeah, but his strikeouts, stop listening. I don't want to hear it from you anymore. Yeah, he, he is the guy that can strike out as many times as he wants. Absolutely. And he's still going to get on base. He's still going to hit for power. He still is going to hit for average, too, for for a guy that strikes out that much. Like, the, mm-hmm. even even if you're, you know, into the most basic of baseball yep. numbers, Aaron Judges are still going to look good. Absolutely. Absolutely. His skill set is just – he's such a unique player. Like, him and John Carlos Stanton, they're just such unique players that – their skill set's going to help them age. And Judge even more than Stanton. Judge has one of the best eyes in baseball. And you don't see that from, A, a player of his size or a power hitter the way he is. His skill set is going to age so gracefully that I actually, genuinely the only thing that worries me about giving Judge a long-term contract is his health. His skill, not a question to me at all. His health, it is a question. But he's done all he can do for the franchise Baseball is not a sport like football or basketball where you one player can shoulder a roster. You just can't do that. Judge has done all he can to help carry this franchise. He's done very well in the playoffs. He's done very well in the regular season. If the Yankees go this whole year without giving him a deal and he has another 2017 or 2019 type MVP season, it's only going to cost them more money in the long run. If the Yankees are smart, they give him seven years, they give him 150, 160, 170, 180 million, whatever he wants in that range. They ride him out until he retires, and he will give you. A, he will be a positive in that roster, unless the injuries become so crazy that he can't play anymore. Aaron Judge will be a positive on any contract they give him, and I am standing by that take. No, me too. I'm completely in agreement, and it's it's a tough subject to talk about. But you know, mm-hmm. Judge being asked about the the vaccine stuff, and yep, New York State now is doing the. The same rule that the Nets have, which is is it's wild in its own right, to to be completely mm. honest. And it is. And this is a subject that sets people off for sure. So I don't really, we don't have to get too far into the weeds, but yep, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to be completely honest at this point. You know where we are, and it being an outdoor sport, that certainly doesn't make sense. You know the fact that Kyrie can go to a game but can't play doesn't make sense. Like yep. honestly, if New York was like, you know what, you have to be vaccinated to be there, that's fine. Whatever. We've seen that a lot. At of least places. they're being consistent. Yeah, exactly. But to say, you know, for an outdoor sport where there's going to be unvaccinated people going to the games, if you're yep. a player, you can't play. That's the the issue. And I don't know. I'm not saying for certain that Aaron Judge is not vaccinated. From what Aaron mm-hmm. Boone has made it sound like, there's two players right now that aren't. Um, this is going to apply to the Yankees and the Mets. So I'm not saying it's Aaron Judge, but he gave a very non-answer that, that makes mm-hmm. you believe maybe he's one of them. But, again, yep. we don't know. Uh, I know for a fact Rizzo wasn't last year, but he might get an exemption because of his medical issues. Kids. But, yep. Yeah, but either way, um, A, it's going to be a big disadvantage if, if, in fact, some players can't play for half the season, and B, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So hopefully that gets cleared up by opening day. But where we stand right now, there could be a chance that a few of the Yankees players will not be able to play at Yankee Stadium. It it doesn't make any sense. Obviously, we don't want to get political because, you know, it is such a hot-button issue for so many people, but it, it just doesn't make sense, the whole point of it. I I know I'm vaxxed. I know you're vaxxed. We we got the shot. Obviously, we're not professional athletes. But Aaron, the one thing that keeps me thinking is that Aaron Judge isn't going to willingly miss 90. Like, it would literally be almost 100 games 
of games he'd have to miss. He's not going to miss 100 games of his contract year. He's just not going to do it. it. Whether he gets a shot, whether he gets religiously or medically exempt, he's going to get over it. Same with Anthony Rizzo, like you said, with the, uh, the history of his health. He, was a can- he is a cancer survivor. He probably is going to get medically exempt. Um, I don't think it's going to be a huge issue for the Yankees. I think it's kind of one of those things that gets blown up in the preseason and then gets resolved think, within two weeks. I also think that the Yankees, as an organization, a lot different than the Nets. They are not going to let their players yep. determine whether or not they're going to be able to win home games. Like, I could see Brian Cashman, like, strapping dudes down, like, being like, <laughs> I don't care because it, it'd be wild. And I hate using Aaron Judge again as an example, but say you are Aaron Judge and you're not vaccinated. You're going to give up half of your year in a contract year. Like, that would be a wild thing to do just to yeah. take a stance here. And, again, like you said, we're both vaccinated, whatever. I'm not going to tell people to, to do it or not do it because, I, frankly, it's, it's their decision. But from just that standpoint and from it just doesn't make sense. You know, thinking about that, <laughs> when it makes – yeah, exactly. So, I, I think that's kind of how it is. The Mets would be, I think, a lot more screwed than the Yankees right yeah, now. They absolutely. never even reached the 85% yep. threshold that kind of relaxes the rules a little mm. bit. But – um, we'll see if things change. I know one of the issues is like, well, a lot of workers in New York were were fired because of this. So if they kind of make the exemption now, but I think you can look at where we are now and it's a lot different mm-hmm. than where we were a year ago and things Absolutely. like that. So hopefully that's get, that gets resolved because that would be, you know, a major, major uh, issue. And spe- actually speaking of that opening series court, I'm sure you saw this, but Chris Sal is going to miss the beginning of the year. So yeah. Uh, Yankees won't have to face in that first series, so that, that's that's, that's kind of not. I'm definitely not helpful. good news, but it, it definitely helps the Yankees. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's just one of those situations that's going to resolve itself before it even becomes an issue. Yeah, obviously, could we end up with a Kyrie situation with the, the Yankees where it's like, okay, Aaron Judge comes in, hits three, hits all, his, plays incredibly on the road, um, and then can't play at home. I don't think we're going to get there. Judge would be an idiot to let it get there. Like you said, it's his contract here. He's not going to risk a t- almost $200 million contract for not getting the vaccine. And if he does, that's that would be honestly one of the most wild things I've ever heard. Yeah. But it's, it's it won't be an issue. I, I don't think it's going to be a long-term issue for the Yankees. It's just one of those things that I think the media is trying to hype up to cause drama and clicks. No, I agree. I agree. And, and we'll, we'll move on. The last thing I will say is, again, I'm not – assuming Aaron Judge is vaccinated yeah. vaccinated. He's just the easiest example of someone that was asked about it and obviously mm-hmm. is the probably the most important part of the Yankees. So yeah. if he can't play home games, you're you're talking about a big difference in in the record. And every game's gonna matter this year, Corey, because the AL East is going to be wild, wild once again. I mean the Blue Jays oh went out God. and traded for Matt Chapman today. Um the Red Sox, the Rays and the Blue Jays are all in on Freddie Freeman. You know, we, we saw what happened last year. I mean if the playoffs were expanded like they're going to be this year, we would have seen four out of the five teams in the AL East make the playoffs. I think there's a very good chance we're going to see that this year as well, as long as the teams don't kind of, you know, swallow each other mm. whole. But that's the, the worry for me. Because if the Yankees had this roster right now and they were in the AL Central, I'd be like, all right, cool. We're going to win the division. I mean, yep. Chicago's pretty good. But I'm, again, if, if, if the Yankees were the only good team in the Central, like the White Sox are going to be this year, I would say, okay, we're going to win the division. Yep. We can probably get one of those buys. We're good to go. But sitting in this division, that's ridiculous. Why it worries me, you know, the moves or the lack thereof so far. Mm. The AL East has four of the top 10 teams in baseball, in my opinion. 
maybe top like 12 or something because I'm forgetting a couple of good NL teams. But four of the top 12 teams in baseball, the Orioles are getting close to starting their upswing and their rebuild. Yes. So in about three years, we could have five teams competing, five teams in one division competing for the division title. Um, it is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen in my entire life. And I'm really angry. I'm going to be honest. I'm really angry that the Yankees are in the best division of baseball. <laughs> yeah, it stinks. It really – like, people were talking about the NL West last year, and it didn't end up being what people thought because the Padres weren't as good as people thought, you know, with injuries and, and other things. Mm-hmm. But the AL East is going to be everything I think people are hyping it up to be. And Oh, yeah. Maybe this is crazy to say. I think the Yankees are better than the Red Sox going into the year. Um, I think the Red Sox, what they're losing, and I feel like a little bit of what happened last year, I don't want to say it was luck, but I don't know. Am I crazy to say I don't think the Red Sox are going to be quite as good as they were last year? I, I would agree with you. I think they're going to be close. Um, but they they did get a lot of production from Kyle Schwarber, who's no longer with them, who signed a huge deal with the Phillies. Um, they got a lot of production from Eduardo Rodriguez, who's no longer with them, is now with the Tigers. It's... It's not going to be as easy for the Red Sox as it was this year. I agree. I don't think they're going to be as good. Um, I'm never counting the Red Sox out, though. They still have an incredible roster. Chris Sale, um, almost just a Glaber Torres for some reason. Chris Sale, <laughs> Rafael Devers, oh, Alexander, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. JD. Like, they have a great, great franchise over there. And I hate to say that, but they're, th- this is going to be one of those years. I could j- legitimately see an outcome of the Yankees finishing everywhere from first to fourth in that division. None of them oh, would surprise yeah, 100%. me. 100%. And I think the Blue Jays are kind of the the sexy new team. They kind of mm-hmm. just missed out last year. They add Matt Chapman. They add uh, Kikuchi and Gossman to the rotation, mm-hmm. with, which I think helps because oh, you know, yeah. Kikuchi isn't the greatest in the world, but I, I, I think he's a solid four or five to have. Um, Gossman obviously was absolutely fantastic last year. So they needed arms, and they really addressed that. I mean, they traded for Barrios, you know, midseason last year. We know what that lineup's going to be, so – they're going to be, I think, the sexy new pick. But then you've got the old guard. You know, you've got the Rays who are just always there. You've got the Yankees who yep. are going to be in the mix and the Red Sox. So it's it's the division of hell. And I'm really mm-hmm. not looking forward to having to play all of them, you know, 20 times this year. It's not going to be yep. fun. I truly think that the division is going to come down to record versus the Ra- uh, Orioles. And I truly think that's going to be one of the biggest things. The Yankees last year. Yeah. Just, Yankees went like, what, 10 and 9 against the Orioles? <laughs> yeah, it was it was not. Yep. Yankees, I think, went ten to nine against the Orioles, and the Rays went like eighteen and one. Yeah, I think the Rays lost one game to the Orioles last year. Like that's yep. what you should be. Doing. That's what the Yankees are going to need to do. Exactly. Yeah, you have to take care. And I think the Rays have been owning the Yankees the past few years too, which is always yep. an issue. Um, oh yeah. So it's going to be interesting, and it starts obviously right away. I think, I think the Red Sox and the Blue Jays are the first two uh, on the schedule for the Yankees. So. Um, let me let me let me verify that before I say I know, I know the, the I know the Red Sox start so, the season because me and my boys are trying to get some tickets to the games even though they're yeah so, so insanely expensive three against Boston then four against Toronto to start the year so there is yeah, no you know it, the Rangers the Rangers were going to be you know the, they might be okay lineup wise but they're not going to be great this year so that would have been a nice yeah that would have been a nice easy end of the season kind of series yep. but instead it's going to be Boston. Then Toronto, and then you get the the Orioles, the Tigers, the Guardians, the Orioles, the Royals. So it's good. The, the whole month shouldn't yep. be too difficult. But Yankees, that start is going to be interesting. As you and I are both Yankee fans, obviously, so we know the Yankees never start out well. 
No. They, they always start like one and five and they, then go on like a They're never the team that's like, oh, like don't look now. The Yankees are nine and one. That's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. But with I wish it would. seven straight against division rivals, they need to go at least four and three to keep up to start the year. I know that's crazy to say for the first like seven games of the series. Because you know me, Luke. I'm always the guy who is like, we're 10 games in. Everybody chill yeah. the F out. Yeah. But, like, the Yankees are going to have to start out relatively well. They can't start out one and six. They have to start out well in order to keep pace. Because, obviously, you have an entire season to continue. Um, You have an entire season to figure your stuff out. But if you're starting already six games out of first one week into the season, that's that's not easy to overcome, especially against a team like the Blue Jays or Rays or Red Sox even. Yankees are going to have to start the season out hot. Yeah, they are. And obviously there's going to be the extra playoff spot. So yep. that's certainly going to help the division, but you got these teams, you know, that were fringe last year, you know, the Mariners got better. Um, you know, I don't think Detroit's quite there yet, but they've, they've tried to get better. Like there's going to be those mm-hmm. kind of fringe teams that yep. play in divisions where they can pick up some wins. I mean, the Mariners can beat up on the A's and, and maybe the Rangers, you know, the, the AL central, as I mentioned earlier, not a tough division. So Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gonna be interesting. Last last thing before we kind of wrap things up is the reports coming out today uh, that the Yankees are interested in both Shamanai and Frankie Montas. The A's are going full fire sale. I mean, they moved yeah. Olsen, they moved they're, Chapman. Yeah, they're, they're they're going they're for the moving, rebuild. They're moving everyone. They're going to be terrible this year. Um, I think like a little bit better than the Orioles, but they're going to be really bad. Like they're, they're, gonna be they're right fighting the for those top four picks. They're yeah, they're going to be in that lottery, the top six lottery now. So hundred percent. What do you think? What do you think? The Yankees obviously are very – they don't want to move bullpen. That was very clear because we saw yep. what the Braves gave up. And basically, Yankees equivalent would have had to be Volpe and possibly Dominguez as well. Like that was a pretty mm-hmm. decent-sized package that the Braves moved for, to the A's. But you can get a Manaya or a Montas definitely a lot cheaper than an Olsen. So what do you, what do you say? Is there, is there one guy that you like more than the other? You know, could they move for both? What do you, what do you think about these two guys? I personally, so it's in my opinion, if they're making a move for one, I truly think they're going to make a move for both. I don't think they're going to be willing to give up. I don't think they're trading Volpe or Dominguez for anybody, but if they're willing, you know, looking to give up like an Austin Wells or an Oswaldo Parada, I think it's Praza. I think it's for both of them. I would love but both Corey, of them. In, Corey, Corey. I, would love I saw Austin Wells smoking balls at spring training today. And I was oh, like, I all right. I don't want to move him. I don't want to move him. But if it gets us two good pitchers who can help us win a division in a really, really tough division oh, yeah, baseball, I'm with it. Um, but no, Wells Wells is going to be a really good hitter. But is he going to be another Luke Voigt? Probably. Probably. Just lefty. But, yeah. I mean, like, really quickly thinking about what the Yankees rotation this season is going to be, Garrett Cole, Jamon, obviously. Those are easily the number two. Luis Severino's coming back from injury. I'm assuming they're going to kind of do like a – hybrid starter bullpen thing from him because Luis Severino's not going to throw 200 innings this year. Nobody no. ever comes back from Tommy John and throws 200 innings. So they're going to need a six starter. Um, Nestor Cortez, obviously. And then you also have Jamison Tyone, Domingo Herman, Mike King, Luis Hill, Clark Schmidt. The Yankees have options. But as you know, obviously, like I said before, we're Yankee fans. We know how things go with the Yankees. 75% of their starting rotation options are question marks. Yep. It never hurts to have more pitching. No, that that's the at this point in baseball, you need to bring or you need to break spring training with like eight starters in mind. Like it's yep. you are not going to throw the entire season with five guys. Yep. It is not going to happen. And the Yankees, they have depth, which is nice because a lot of those names you mentioned, like are guys that you can 
put in the bullpen and give him a spot yep. start when you need to. I think we saw how great Michael King was kind of in that role last year. And Luis Heal, as as he kind of started to figure things out down the stretch. So mm-hmm. they, they certainly have a lot of those guys. David Absolutely. Garcia, a guy that I don't even know if he's alive right now, but he's another one of those guys <laughs> that maybe, I don't know. He can't pitch in triple A, but maybe. I, I think, know. yeah, I, I'm, back, I'm back in the David train, David train for the season. Oh, back I in? Think. Okay. I think that they tried to do too much with him last year and it screwed him up. I think they're going to f- uh, go back to the old plan. Or maybe Garcia just needed some time to settle into the new plan. I think Davey's going to have a big year and force himself back into the mix. Um, it's going to be interesting. But at the end of the day, the Yankees have a million pitchers for 14 spots. And as goes per the usual with the Yankees, a million pitchers, 14 spots, about 80% of them are maybe you know like maybe there are just so many question marks with this franchise yeah there are and i i think when you can get two guys that are proven starters i think that's huge because yep. all those names we mentioned they're not going to be giving you you know six seven innings every fifth day that's just not what yep. they're they're at right now and luis Severino, if he's healthy i mean we're talking about a side young contender you know full yeah, full absolutely. disclosure if he's actually a starter but like you said they're, they're not going to rush him into it we've seen mm. what happens when they've I don't want to say brought him back too early because I think they tried to give him time, but he just he wasn't ready a couple times and it led to injuries. So mm. you want to get Sevy back and you want to get him healthy because if he's going in the playoffs at full throttle, you're you're in a great spot. So yeah, uh, absolutely. And the other thing I want to point out is that Sean Benea is a lefty, and as of right now, the only lefty starter on the Yankees roster is Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. So that could be an interesting thing to point out for the upcoming season. Yeah, and I. I as we kind of wrap things up, Corey, I have to say, like, having baseball to talk about is, is big. Like, it's the lockout so was just – it really weighed on, I think, a lot of people. And so, yep. to only miss the first two series is, I think, great. I mean, Huge. I wanted the players to get whatever they wanted. I wanted things to get settled so we don't have to do this again in five years. But just to have baseball back and be talking about it is is so exciting because – It really is. There's nothing like it. Like, I'm so excited. Nope. Just looking at the Yankees' schedule, I'm like, man, I'm I'm so ready for these games. I'm so ready to to get things going. We'll have spring training games starting this weekend. So I'm I'm just happy to be to be talking baseball again. I completely agree. Those, it was a dark few months, very dark few months. You and I are huge basketball fans, but as much as I love basketball, it just doesn't compare to baseball. It just doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I've got March Madness this weekend, so yep. I'm going to be just <laughs> on my couch for four days straight, which is one of my favorite times of the year. But after the dust settles and March Madness ends, need baseball. I'm glad it's time for Yankees baseball, for baby. Day. Exactly. So everyone enjoy spring training. We'll be back next week. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, no, definitely, we will be back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm promising you that I will be here. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Corey, as always, a pleasure. I'm glad to be back uh, on the Absolutely. mic with you. So. Uh, we're definitely going to get this thing going, getting up in full sprint, uh, swing. Be sure to follow the Twitter, too. I think, you know, we've been on and off with the Twitter. Sometimes we're great about tweeting during games. Sometimes we're not because we also have, you know, our personal Twitters. we got other stuff going on. But I don't know. We'll, we'll grow the game through our Twitter, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah the, 2022 is the year of the Gate 4 podcast, 100%. It is. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. Luke Owens, Corey Austin, as always, as we as we like to end the podcast by saying, go Yanks. Go Yanks.